Welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. And we've reached the stunning conclusion. Of our two-part series. Or is it? Or is it? Last time we talked about OJ Made in America, the 25-hour, 15-part uh, <laughs> documentary that ran on ESPN about OJ Simpson's life and trials. And trial. Trial, yeah. <laughs> Well, trials. I guess yeah, he had I guess three were, of them, technically. Some works on multiple levels. <laughs> uh, but this episode, we are talking about American Crime Story, The People v. O.J. Simpson. Yes. Dawn of Injustice? Ooh. It was a season of television, obviously, you know, executive produced by Ryan Murphy. Under the American Crime Story mm-hmm. umbrella. And Brad Falchuk, his partner from Nip Tuck, and that's two-thirds of the team from Glee. And well, it was mostly executive produced, I believe, by the team, the two-person writing team and producing team, Scott Alexander and Larry Karajewski, two guys who I'd never heard of before this, but they are heavily involved. I'd say most of the credit of the show goes to them. And we'll get more into that later. But basically, this was a 10-episode miniseries, although I'm sure in the Golden Globes or Emmys, it ran as a two-hour comedy drama pilot. I think in the in the Golden Globes, it was still a miniseries because they have a miniseries category yeah, the rules so are, does the emmys yeah, the rules are just so weird it just though. wasn't at the oscars because it's a show yeah right, right. <laughs> but you know when they when they run things like i can't think of an example but you know like they'll run like you know miss mazel as a miniseries yeah or stuff like that you know oh, what, God, I mean, what was it there was something when i was watching the golden globes last time that they were like limited series or movie and i was like but that's had three seasons yeah, well sherlock i think runs as a yeah series slash which kind of makes sense because it's like four episodes a series a but dumb show oh man i cannot believe how many people sidebar how many people cared so much and continue to care i assume those people that cared sherlock. so much made me hate the show because they cared too much yeah you can care too much yeah i know we're supposed to be a show that's about liking things and how positive <laughs> that is but sometimes you can care too much like sometimes i like i very much hyper fixate on things and i like sometimes have to pull my back myself back from how much i care because it's not good for me yeah you and know? then you get you get people together who don't have that filter yeah you get them together and they just yeah it's a they create a monster it's not good a monster much like oj simpson indeed alleged murderer alleged alleged <laughs> so this ran in uh, early 2016 spring it ran just before the oj simpson doc came out and I think we touched on this last time, but basically this happened and people were surprised by how good it was because it is very good. Yeah. And people were sort of shocked by Ryan Murphy made a thing about OJ Simpson. And it's, it's not terrible. And we all got over that. And then it was like, oh, now we got to watch this OJ, you know, this documentary. It's the OJ Renaissance kind of. And then of. it was great too, if not better. Yeah. I, Although, I would say better, but better certainly. different. This, it's a different medium. Yeah. Very different. Very yeah. different um, stories, actually. Yeah, there's different stories being told. Yeah, this is entirely about the trial, whereas yeah. the trial was two parts of the, yeah, you know, who knows how many parts there were. Yeah. Maybe there were five, maybe there were six. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I said both last time, so let's just keep it rolling. I think there were five. <laughs> I believe you're right. But I <laughs> I've been wrong so many times on this podcast. Eh, you know, just own it. Yeah. <laughs> so there were 10 episodes. Yes. Some of them were directed by Ryan Murphy. Other than that, they very much hold to his house style. We we gotta run down this cast. Oh my god! This is maybe the most stacked 
any cast it's very stacked of any TV show has, has been in my it lifetime. It is almost perfect casting, too. Almost perfect. It, 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 With one glaring yes, error. But. It, it is so perfect that that one error is not even... It's not even that big It's deal. not even that bad, but it's, everything else is so perfect. Even stuff that you first think is going to be dumb yeah. and stupid truly reveals itself over time to be genius. Yes. Like... Let's just run it down. Let's just run it down. Okay. So we got... Of course. In the main cast. It's just the main cast. It's the main cast. This is the main cast. Mind you. <laughs> I'm going to read it alphabetically. Okay. As it is on Wikipedia. As it is on Wikipedia. <laughs> yes. We have Sterling K. Brown as Christopher Darden. Ugh. Kenneth Choi yeah. as, as Judge Ito. I was trying to figure out how to pronounce his last name. I didn't want oh, to screw it okay. up. <laughs> but just go with it. Yeah. Christine Clemenson as Bill Hodgman. This is actually probably was not the right way to read this, but whatever. No. We're mm-hmm. going. Cuba Gooding Jr. as O.J. Simpson. Bruce Greenwood as Gil Garcetti. Um, very like, fantastic character actor Bruce Greenwood, just an yeah. amazing, uh, like, underrated performer. Nathan Lane is Effie Bailey, and Nathan Lane doesn't even show up until the third episode. He's so good. He's Nathan fucking Lane. <laughs> Sarah Paulson as Marsha Clark in what I, I was best, her best role. Absolutely, her, her best role. I mean, you know, maybe not career defining, but certainly I was not a fan of hers until I saw this. Okay, uh, good, because people love her, and I've never liked her until I saw this. Yeah, well, she, but, but a lot of those people are like, you know, American Horror Story people, which, uh, no shade, but that show is bad, and you all have bad taste. <laughs> but when I saw her in this, I really was blown away by it, because she's so good, and it's not just a case of good casting. It's just a, such a fantastic performance, mm-hmm. and it encompasses, it's just so focused and humane, and also, uh, it's, yeah. it's great. And having, like, seen the real Marsha Clark in the documentary and her being interviewed like i felt like she very much yeah got it you, 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 you can imagine sarah paulson in this role eventually like being the marshall clark we see in the actual talking heads yeah, yeah. from made in america we got david schwimmer huh david schwimmer the you, guy from david schwimmer you said the guy from band of brothers yeah he's, he's back <laughs> he's back as robert kardashian david schwimmer as robert kardashian just note that for a second <laughs> We'll get back to it. <laughs> Let that sink in. Let that sink in. John Travolta as Robert Shapiro. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and bringing it all, bringing it all back around. We got Courtney B. Vance as Johnny Cochran. And I just, I think there's a few recurring characters that probably need to be mentioned as well. But um, let's see. We got Selma Blair as Chris Jenner. Uh, um, just hilarious casting. The, yeah. Uh, the, the main one being Stephen Pasquale. Yes, Stephen, Stephen Pasquale, a friend of the show, Duh. a pers- close personal friend of mine. I'm going to talk some shit about him, so I hope not. Yeah, boy. <laughs> well, Stephen, buddy, I know you listen to every episode, but uh, maybe sit this one out. Uh, you were great. Uh, Stephen Pasquale. He's great in this role. Pasquale? I always want to say Pascal. I say Pasquale. Yeah. As Mark Furman. Yeah. Mostly I wanted to mention Stephen Pasquale because I just think that casting is yes. so good. That's a great cast. <laughs> we got, did I say Billy Magnuson as Cato Kalin? Oh, no. That one is yes, also very that's good. All, that's a very good casting. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Just to talk about those two people real fast. Billy Magnuson, I believe, is actually probably a very smart man. <laughs> but he is so, so good at playing the uh, quote-unquote himbo. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't play that many different kinds of dumb guy yeah <laughs> and not be very smart yourself dumb and sexy like that's like oh. the thing <laughs> hey, he's in the new james bond movie did you know that billy magnuson yeah no he's great so billy magnuson as kato kalen beautiful he was great kiss. he was he was good in ingrid goes west that movie's kind of meh uh he was great in game night in that movie <laughs> oh Have yeah you seen that game was night? great yeah oh, he's fantastic in, in game night he's really good yeah 
Billy Madison's good. Yeah. I like him. And that's the character who shows up in a couple episodes yeah. very briefly. And he's a very bit player in the whole saga. Yeah. But he steals the show when he yeah. does show up. Yeah, that's how good the cast is. You can yeah. put anyone in a scene and they will almost every time like draw your entire focus. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so his casting, even though it's a very small part, was great. Mark Furman, while the part is not huge, he's not in every episode, as you know, you can see by his recurring and not main cast. Um, he's a important role in the story it is a key role yeah yeah and you need someone to to carry that yeah. that weight and Stephen Pasquale as like he's in the first episode he's in like the opening yeah and I was like that's Stephen Pasquale and then like having just watched the doc being like that's Stephen Pasquale is Mark Furman that is fucking perfect casting <laughs> because he is and we can just get into it yeah he is such so such a great casting choice as Mark Furman because yeah. as we talked about he has a sort of semi not a racist vibe but a semi-sociopathic vibe. Yeah. He, like, very much... Like, if I someone was like, oh, do you want to meet Stephen Pasquale? I'd be like, he kind of scares me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he has those intense eyes. He yeah. Has, he has that, that great combination of... Zac Efron also kind of has this. Oh, no, totally. The, the chiseled, totally. like, leading man face and body and sort of I've persona. never seen Zac Efron in person, though. And I think oh, yeah. seeing Stephen Pasquale embody that in person is, like, even more scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, fantastic performer. Great, great singer. Music, musical performer. Performer of musicals. Yes, well, Kelsey. Yes. No, do, do not drag my good friend Stephen <laughs> Pasquale through the mud like this. I won't allow it. I've never, like, actually spoken to him. I've seen him in a couple of different shows, and one of which, like, it was intimate as a setting. <laughs> um, but he just gives me a weird a weird vibe. <laughs> Didn't he also play a racist cop in that American Son play Probably. slash movie? I, eh, I can look it up later. Mm -hmm. Also, just bears, bears mentioning Connie Britton, another she's great. Ryan Murphy Connie favorite. Uh, shows up for like, what, one episode? Yeah. And just kills it. She's Faye Resnick, right? Yes. Yes. You got Larry King as himself. The cast is, frankly, it's sacked. Yeah, I want to I wanna break down the main cast now. I just want to say one thing about John Travolta. <laughs> His face is just working very hard. Like, he's great. This is excellent casting. He's a little larger than the actual man he's playing. Yeah. Like, in... in uh, physical physicality but the man himself was larger than life so you need in a presence, larger yes. uh, person to fulfill that role um courtney b vance my god what an amazing he that, just is johnny cochran what a role you could that role would, would be so hard to pull off the thing is like you i have think to do so you have to be such a very specific kind of charismatic yeah and like you have to you have to be a Former so magnetic that not only are you as the actual audience transfixed by him, yeah. you have to understand why everyone everyone is, is transfixed by yes. him. I think um, I feel about this casting the way I feel about Darren Chris in uh, the assassination of Gianni Versace, Ooh. and that is like Ooh. the perfect marriage of actor and role yes. and time, and like nobody else could do this. <laughs> that I think is what the show really gets from Ryan Murphy's involvement is yeah. it, it exists, yeah, and it has that sort of. House Ryan Murphy style, mm -hmm. which by the way, I just want to get this out. I think that's perfect, a perfect fit for this show because Ryan Murphy's always been a very style forward director, shall we say? <laughs> uh, so, he's, so he's sort of been prestige TV adjacent. He's got yeah. a you know very like recognizable style. Yeah. He makes these these big name shows and he has these, these big projects. He's a he's a household name, <laughs> but he's never really made that jump into 
prestige, prestige TV. Yeah. He's, a, he's a trashy guy. Yeah. I mean, not as a person. I don't know what he's like as a person. Like, But he enjoys uh, that his interests, aesthetic. Yes, his interests are trashy. Yeah. And so he... That sort of nouveau riche aesthetic. He could never really get that. Yeah. But when you pair him with this, with the writers yeah. and the story, which is... The story is trashy. Mm-hmm. But it also has baked into it so many like amazing themes you can explore like you know mm-hmm. race class power mm-hmm. justice and it's also a true crime story yeah which is an inherently trashy genre sorry uh as a <laughs> as a sometimes fan that's what it is yeah and so you get he, he gets a place for it and again he didn't do a whole lot in this show yeah but it's a great marriage of his style with a material that the actually content, like, yeah. like actually like allows him to do his thing in a more grounded way that's more focused and actually can like get at something at a larger point yeah and it's really it, it's fantastic but yeah i feel so i feel that way about uh courtney Bouvance as johnny cochran like oh, what sorry what i was but i meant to say before i got yeah. sidetracked by myself yes was that his mm-hmm. ability at, at casting or not his ability whoever, whoever his casting director Andreas, is yeah i can try to pull that up right now but man i think it's got to be something to do with ryan murphy himself because he knows how to cast he, shows. he really really does he can pick i mean you know one of the one maybe the only actually interesting things about American Horror Story is that it actually developed this kind of like recurring cast of, of actors, mm-hmm. like it's like a, a troupe in yeah. a way that you don't uh, see. Uh, repertory. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> repertory. Uh, and that's that's you know that, that's strength in choosing those people who are down to do that and who want to work with you over and over again, mm-hmm. and just and just a really you know, remarkable skill. At, at, I don't I don't want to say Sarah Paulson was, you know I think he's definitely elevated her career. In some ways, mm-hmm. I mean, she's a fantastic actress, but mm-hmm. I think her profile was certainly raised by her involvement in, in those that show. Oh, definitely. Uh, and so he just knows how to pick them. Yeah. So the fact that he sort of came in, set the tone for the show and how it was going to look and feel, and and like got these people on board, and then kind of backed away a little bit. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I think Courtney B. Vance says Johnny Cochran is like perfect marriage of actor and role. He makes you feel in his embodiment of this role how watching johnny cochran makes you feel in the doc like it the tone is like obviously he watched a lot of tape (laughs) (laughs) and i think the you know this very much benefits from the fact that the entirety of the oj trial was televised and was taped even the parts that weren't televised Mm -hmm. um which i think most of them were but um he just really really inhabits that role so so well um sarah paulson Amazing. Like, so nuanced. So, like, you could very much, in an, if a lesser actress was in this role, you could very much come out disliking this character mm-hmm. quite a lot. But you don't. Which was the way a lot of people felt as they cover in both yeah. programs. Yeah. How people felt about her. Yeah, but you really, like, there are times when you think she is kind of a bitch, but you don't ever, like, totally turn on her, you know? And I think that is very, very impressive. And the the journey that Sarah Paulson takes you on as we see Marshall Clark in the first few episodes as this kind of almost swaggering, like powerful figure in her world, mm-hmm. sort of have to step into this other world of fame and the media in a way she's never, never done before and kind of, you know, collapse under that weight mm-hmm. while still holding on to her inherent like skill and ferocity. Is really it's 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 amazing. Yeah, it's, it, what she does is so so good. And yeah, everyone, one of the one of the I think the biggest things everyone in this cast brings to it is is watchability. 
everyone Again, is almost everyone ever, almost everyone almost everyone <laughs> is just good to watch and that's the yeah kind of a, my might seem like a weird thing to say about an actor because yeah. that's their entire job is to be watched yeah but you know there's some actors who are just good to watch like think, nathan lane for example it's yes just, oh. you, you just watch him do whatever it's it's compelling it's, no matter what yeah nathan lane's great in this and i did not expect to see him. I didn't I didn't start looking at the Wikipedia page for who was playing who until after I was like four episodes in. And I was like, wait, Nathan Lane's in this? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's great. I think uh, Sterling K. Brown as oh. Chris Darden. Because when you watch the the doc, the Chris Darden is a little hard to watch. Like, and it's still hard to watch because the entirety of the show is based around like dramatic irony. <laughs> and he wasn't interviewed for the doc too. So his perspective yeah. is, is not as pronounced in that. Show. Yeah. But like the tape you see of him, is like, it's, it's sometimes really hard to watch. Um, do I need to back up? Okay. Um, and I think Sterling K. Brown makes it watchable, more watchable in a way that's um, really, really interesting because I think, you know, it gives a voice to that, I want to say character, even though he's an actual person, <laughs> yeah. like that you don't really get because he hasn't done a ton of interviews and stuff about it, which, you know, if it was me, I wouldn't either. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> he, didn't, um, he didn't look, he didn't come out looking great. Doesn't come out looking great. I mean, great. no one really did. But. Yeah, but Sterling K. Brown look is amazing. Um like I'd watch him do anything, honestly. And he but. he really like I feel comfortable saying he was not widely known by a lot of people before this. Right. And right. now he's on This Is Us. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, I'm not sure what to say about that, but he's in the Bash Brothers experience. Get, oh. <laughs> get that money, Sterling. Get that um, money, Sterling. Never never gonna watch that show. What, This Is Us? Yeah. Not <laughs> on a, NBC. It's not gonna happen. No, never. And also the it's not the focus of the show. Mm -hmm. Uh for most people. <laughs> for, people, for Jason, for people like is. me, I'm gonna say the chemistry between uh, Marsha Clark and Darden, yeah. Sterling K. Brown, Sarah Paulson, yeah, um, uh, upsettingly good, <laughs> upsettingly uh, magnetic. You know, uh, Chris Darden married someone named Marsha, mm. not Marsha Clark, but mm. someone named Marsha. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I found I, that very interesting. I have, never, I have never shipped two characters in a piece of fiction don't know what that's like more than more, <laughs> more let me finish more than i've shipped okay these people. okay the scene where they go on that trip together and they're in mm -hmm. the hotel room and they've been drinking and they're like both outside the the door for oh room and, like, and he fucking blows and, it and oh, <laughs> oh, she gave him an opening so painful and so I wanna, painful want to be clear i know these are two characters based on real life people yeah we don't know but if i want to i want to make it clear that i am still uh, morally superior to people who write real person fanfic and yeah. do real person shipping. I can't explain why. I just want to have it known by the people, the listening public. Yeah, I'm good. As someone I'm who good. who like cares about whether or not real people get together, I'm not morally above those people. <laughs> well, it's good to know that about yourself. You know, I I try to pull back and not you know force anything on anybody. But you know, I can be happy when people are together. That's fine. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm talking about what I think is. Known as um, tin hatting, tinfoil hat, tinfoil hatting. Oh, just like making shit up. There's some particular term for like when you're shipping two people, like you know when you freeze frame. Like uh, there's an interview of the One Direction. Oh, um, apologies. Oh, you're talking this. about One Direction people. <laughs> well, I mean everyone. Well, and everyone. There's but... more than other. There's more than one yeah. group of fans that have this thing. Yeah. Like you know, you take one image of an of like a still frame from an interview, 
and you find the moment where two people happen to look at each other and you put that in your Tumblr and say, see, see, <laughs> I was right. It proves it. They're in love. <laughs> That's more what I'm talking about. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And again, I know we're, we're ostensibly a pro fandom show. Yeah. I want to be clear. Those people are bad. Yeah. Especially when those people inject themselves into the lives of those people and make like hard, make things hard for them. Does, does that happen? I mean, yeah. Caitlin talked about it on our uh, One Direction podcast. Mm. But yeah, it does. People get crazy. I mean, that would, that would, I, I imagine most people who are as famous as like Harry Styles don't, aren't, su- are like pretty inured from their fans. But mm-hmm. if you like, as, as any person alive, if you just like knew that there were, there were like, large groups of people out there who are writing erotic fan fiction about you and your friends or you know you and your bandmates i don't even know yeah. how close they really are uh it would be weird it, as, would, it would probably freak you out a little bit as someone who uh follows a lot of ice dancing i i know <laughs> um yeah no i and i think like mostly it's like people who if those people have actual significant others and those significant others have public social media they get like Oof. yeah just think about that think about where that would go uh, with people like that man there's just a whole yeah weird generation coming up for whom the internet is all that life is mm-hmm. but it's also still not real yeah um it's not gonna be good no not not really their fault but it's this is a tangent but um <laughs> it's a tangent show baby. anyway it's a podcast the chemistry beautiful and um yeah it's 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 so and like sterling Sterling K. Brown, this is not necessarily a character who is warm in his actions, but he's just such a, I can't think of another word for it. He's a very warm performer. He feels like a, he projects humanity. He does. Like decency. He very, very much does. You know, he radiates off of him. Oh, and that whole scene when they do go on that road trip to Oakland and she's in the bar, like doing the thing with the shot glasses. I'm like, Marsha, Marsha, just do this in the courtroom. Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um... I want to talk a little more casting and then I want to move on to some other stuff. But um, who haven't I mentioned yet? Um, okay, let's talk about my two, the two things that really surprised me about the casting. Is one of them John Travolta? No, I mean, I think John Travolta was great, but. He is, I once I, I once saw him, his performance referred to as almost Kabuki-like. <laughs> That's is, not wrong. He, he's on the, he is, <laughs> if, if everyone's on a certain level of Ryan Murphy-ness throughout yeah. this whole show, yeah. he is at the top level. Oh, yes. He is operating at like peak Ryan Murphy level. Peak Ryan Murphy. I Honestly, like that. John Travolta's got to get on a season of American Horror Story. Like that dude's right? got such a weird energy. Uh, which, you are which, not wrong, Which can be very sir. good when applied in the right way, like in this. Yeah. He's very, he's he's off-putting and weird, but mm-hmm. in a, such a, but also like relatively human still. Yeah. No, I want to talk about um, Dave Schwimmer and Cuba Gooding Jr. Because mm-hmm. upon first glance, I thought one of these people would be a lot better than the other at what they were doing. Would you say that maybe it turned out that wasn't the case? It turned out that that wasn't the case. In fact, it was quite the opposite. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so I think the biggest casting mistake in this this show is Cuba Gooding Jr. as O.J. Simpson. Mm. Um, a lot of that is like because O.J. is hard to cast in general when he's he's a big guy like he he has a a physical presence and also a like figurative presence he was a unique uh uh, personage yeah or i guess still is but um and i think the the lack of honestly the lack of height of cuba gooding jr really bothered me that's the thing cuba (laughs) jr's actual performance is not that 
bad. It's not that bad, but he well, doesn't. It's not, even, it's, not, it's not even that's bad because like in episode two when the, he does, he goes on the run. Yeah. He really makes you feel how, like how fucking weird this must be. Like yeah. how, like what, how disoriented and kind of like just confused his thinking is mm-hmm. and how he's like keeps apologizing to the police for having to yeah. make them come out like to Brentwood. But and he, it, he seems so it's not, it was very unexpected for what I thought. Like, it's just the presence isn't there. And mm. it, it was so, it just, the whole time I was just like, I wish someone else was in this role. Yeah. He does, he does capture, he makes you feel weird about OJ Simpson. Yeah. Cause his, his, his presence in the show is pretty minimized because he's, you know, yeah. on trial. He's, it's not really about him. Yeah. When he is there, it always, he feels kind of off. Yeah. Like nothing really quite ever lines up with him. You always, even when he's like, you know, even before well, when he and Robert are still on good terms, they're yeah. sort of talking to each other. It feels like something's not quite right with this guy. Yeah. I, I, I think that was more the script than Kuborgin Jr., though. Yeah, but he, he, he lives up to it. Yeah, no, he does. He, he, he delivers does. on he what, doesn't, what's there, I He think. delivers on what's there, but it pales in comparison to what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And so that was... He's, he's giving a perfectly fine performance. Yeah. Effective in some ways, but it's still the least interesting thing on the show yeah. is his performance. It's um so that was that was frustrating cuz I think they I think they probably should have cast an unknown in that role that like the presence was felt more at least or someone not as like big as Cuba Gooding Jr. but I don't know. It was fine. It was fine, but it was the one casting in this mm-hmm. show where yeah. I was like eh. Yeah. Um however, in diametrically opposed to this, I want to talk about David Schwimmer. <laughs> David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer, Schwimmer as Rob Kardashian is so good. He's he's so good. It's such a surprise. It, it is very much a surprise. I think for it's probably fair to say most people know him as well, if they don't know him as the guy from Band of Brothers, <laughs> they know him as the character of Ross. Mr. Ross. Ross Geller. From the Friends. Yes. And you would not think he could pull this role off. Yeah. It's a very subdued role. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's Kim Kardashian's dad. Yeah. It's not a thing you expect to see David. Seeing him pop up and almost feels like a joke. Yeah. Um, my favorite role of his is the random drill sergeant in Band of Brothers, <laughs> which is not, not a subdued role at all. Like, he can no. do it. It's fine. Right. <laughs> um, but this, I was like, oh, this is going to be so bad. Why is David Schwimmer here? But, like, his, like, slow and subtle, like, loss of trust in oj oh. is like so wonderfully done it's, it's and you feel great. it really really hard you do and it, it, and it has to work too because that yeah. character that like, character's almost a point of view character yeah I, I think he he stands in for the the world oj like was able to attain this like mm-hmm. wealthy white california lifestyle mm-hmm. and and ross uh <laughs> david schwimmer as uh robert kardashian stands in for all those people so to watch him slowly, slowly like sort of lose bit by bit his trust in O.J. Simpson is is affecting on a character level, but thematically it also really communicates like what's Resonates, going on with yeah. him. Because at the very end of the show, when he like at that party when he looks at O.J. and he just turns around and walks out of the the house. Yeah. Ooh. When and his his O.J.'s son come up comes up to him and he's like, Uncle Bobby, where are you going? And he's like, I'm done. And I was like, I felt so bad for the kid, the like teenage twenty year old son at that yeah. point. So I was like, he clearly cares about this man. And I, I, from David Schwartz's performance, you can tell he cares about OJ's family. Yeah. Like, God, when, when he locks eyes with Marsha when the trial ends. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, man. And you just know, you can <sighs> see it in his eyes. He like, oh. He's like, what have I done? He's, oh, man, he's dying. Yeah. The ending is actually really affecting because mm-hmm. that's basically the last thing that happens. And yeah. Then Him walking see, out of the party. Yeah. And then you see as a, as a bookend to the opening of the, of the show, OJ walks out and looks up at his 
statue of himself in the yard. And O.J. Simpson is, you know, not a sympathetic person. Not in the show, not really a sympathetic character at all, even for a moment. But you really feel the weight of his own, like, damnation pressing down on him. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we, he went through all that. He, like, you know, he totally, you know, destroyed his relationships with his, his, his you know, his friends, some of his family. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, killed his wife, or ex-wife, sorry. And, uh, and he went through all that to, to get out of, to get out of, you know, the charge yeah. for these murders. But it was all for nothing. Like, he, he's free. Like, he's not in jail, but he's still... And this is where knowing from the doc what happens afterwards really helps helps a little bit. But he, you know, he he, he doesn't didn't matter. He lost everything anyway. Yeah, I think that's part of partly why the show is why the story is so compelling mm-hmm. and why I'm such so into the last part of the documentary. It's because yeah. there was a sort of justice to it. Like there was kind of a cosmic justice to what happened to OJ. He like he got away with it, but yeah, I mean, did he? I mean, he's still rich. He's still rich, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> he he clearly is miserable. Yeah, I mean that that's one thing the show, both the show and, and the, the doc, like communicate to really he bring is, home. He is not happy. No, yeah, um, I think moving on from the cast, which is fantastic, um, the show like really functions on dramatic irony because like the things like you know the story like, and like maybe you don't know it as well as I knew it going in because I just watched yes. the doc, but like. You know, so many times, like, Marsha or Chris or uh, Gil will say something and you'll just be like, oh, God, no. <laughs> and even up to the very last episode when they've, like, given their final arguments mm-hmm. and the jury is going to confer, everyone's like, well, time to take a nice long weekend trip, <laughs> settle in for a few months of deliberation. Yeah. And even then it's like, Oh, guys. No. <laughs> There's never been a show, I think, that's, like, functioned more on dramatic irony. But also, because every time those things happen that you know are going to happen, they land. Yeah. Like this show, they really make them feel... It doesn't feel forced when they no. do that. Because that, cause that's the thing. That's why this story is so compelling. Because the prosecution very much thought that they had a case that was irrefutable. Yeah, and it's hard not to like, be on their side when the show begins. Yeah. Because you see, like, it should have been open and shut. But yeah. for various reasons. Yeah. Uh, partially, the show, the show really... Uh, is mostly pitched as like a battle between the two sides of the of the case, mm-hmm. with everything else sort of rotating around that. The people versus O.J. Simpson, mm. 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 or O.J. Simpson's lawyers. Well, yeah, but <laughs> you know, representative of him, the yeah. way that the prosecution was representative of the people. the people. Yeah. But. But I mean, that's also like an interesting thing because the O.J. Simpson trial com- becomes much more about the people versus O.J. Simpson's team of lawyers and not and and the idea of oj simpson as a black man mm-hmm. than about what he did <laughs> one one thing the show doesn't quite pick up on that i would have liked to see more of mm-hmm. is uh deeper because i mean it has so much to do already it's, it's yeah. telling this very entertaining story in a very unique way with also a lot to say about race and a lot of things to explore that are very you know obviously very still relevant to the modern day yeah uh, i wish there could have been more about class yeah, because I think there's a. I mean, yeah, it's it's not ignored, obviously, but yeah. like OJ is a, you know, he's a, he's a he's a black man, but mm-hmm. he got away with murder because he was rich. Yeah, I think that's an interesting yeah. thing. It's almost, I guess, it's almost too obvious to really get into. But, and there there are some. There's one shot I didn't have time to rewatch the whole show, but I rewatched the first couple episodes. There's a moment in the second episode when Chris Darden is home, mm-hmm. or like he's with his family, 
and he's talking to some other guys on the other side of the, of the fence in his backyard. Yeah. And the camera pans up, and there's a perfectly split shot of, on one side, Darden's family with this, like, this, like nice green, well-kept lawn and this, yeah. like, sort of nicer house. On the right side, there's these other guys who are also, you know, black men. Yeah. With, like, a not-as-nice not house and, like, a, a, just a totally paved driveway yeah. yard. Um, I don't know if that stuff ever coheres into, a, like, a cohesive point. Mm-hmm. But I like that because it sort of gets that, like, well, even amongst, you know, people who are, are, are in the same class or group in some ways, there is still other kinds of division. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if there are intersecting points of oppression. Huh. huh. There should be a name for that. <laughs> it doesn't quite let you hate Johnny Cochran as much as the documentary does i think because it does like the last thing we see of johnny cochran is is like him finding out that like this whole thing is launched like a justice department investigation into the lapd and and you know systemic racism and stuff so he like won and that's good which is why this thing is so complicated because like yes the lapd is racist yeah and he also is he's such a compelling character and performer Mm -hmm. Yeah. That it's there are a few lines where he's like even telling off Darden, who I'm, you know, obviously super sympathetic towards. He's yeah. Like the, kind of, you know, one of the heroes of the story. Uh, he's telling him off, and I'm, I'm, I was like, yeah, you tell him, Johnny. Although I think Darden's last words to Johnny Cochran are affecting. Hmm. I think the show is also smart that it, it introduces us to Johnny as this very charming figure. Mm-hmm. And then once we've really fallen under his spell, in a mm-hmm. sense, only then do we like bring in the fact that he beat his ex wife. Yeah. Uh, and we not until then do we really see how much he wants to win, mm-hmm. even if it is for, in some ways, a good cause. Yeah. He still is just a rich guy getting another rich guy off for murder. Yeah. I mean, like, I was reading about the lawyers involved in his side, like, because oh, wow. I think... Hum- humble brag, you read. I mean, like, I was just on the Wikipedia page. Okay, clicking. cool. cool. <laughs> You're still cool. <laughs> um, it's not cool to read. I think we all agree on that. Because... I think in the in the doc and also here, Barry Sheck, the DNA guy, comes off like the biggest asshole in the whole world. But <laughs> yeah. like Barry Sheck founded the Innocence Project. Like Really? Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. And that like made me be like, wait, what? Wait, are you getting off people that aren't actually innocent? <laughs> like <laughs> Because like I think the Innocence Project is a great thing because like, you know, a lot of people have been put in jail before dna was a thing and you know and now it is a thing and we can do that but like i'm like is he using dna like he used it here to like get people off who maybe is he saying that the dna was tainted so like like and it so that was like maybe he's a good guy i'm confused you know you know what would solve this entire problem with no messiness about barry sheck what no jails (laughs) i don't know abolish the jails you wouldn't need a project to get people out of jail for, you know, crimes they did not commit. Yeah. If there was no jail. Yeah. So, yeah, that really, like, was like, oh, wow, people have layers. <laughs> that is fascinating. I did not realize that. Yeah. No, I was, like, I was really surprised. <laughs> um, but I think that's, like, that's part of why this case is so interesting because everyone involved really has, like, a lot of layers as, like, a lot of moral grayness in them. <laughs> yeah. Um, And, like, oh, I want to talk about... The one that focuses on the jury. Mm-hmm. I really like that they did that one because I feel like that is somewhat overlooked, but also like 
I can't imagine. It's 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 very easy to overlook. But yeah. Then you actually think about like, they what, what, eight months? How long were they there? Eight months. Yeah. Yeah. You like can't leave like the hallway of your hotel room basically for mm-hmm. eight months. Yeah. You can't read the news. You can't see any of your friends or family. I think they get like visits, but they're not allowed to talk about any yeah. current events. And they couldn't even use the pool. Yeah. Man, it's torture. It's torture. And I like hotel rooms. Yeah. But that's too long. Too long. Ooh, and sort of like the um, the idea of that and like that, like I, you really feel for them. And then you also like get the whole sequence of like it being revealed that a lot of these jurors lied about their, <laughs> <laughs> their history. Because like you think about, I think they talk about in the doc a little bit, like the kind of people who wouldn't try to get out of this. Yeah. Because like if it were me. Well, like, if it were me, I, like, the thing is, like, you shouldn't even know who O.J. Simpson is. Yeah. Like, how do you choose a jury that doesn't know who O.J. Simpson is? Especially in Los Angeles, especially (laughs) when the pre-jury selection, the murders have already been covered, like, a ton in the news. Like, how do you do that? Yeah, it wouldn't be as hard as finding someone who didn't know who O.J. Simpson was now. Yeah. But it wouldn't be that much easier no um so that was like i just like thinking about like the kind of people who would be okay volunteering for that um was insane (laughs) right agreed um and kind of seeing that oh like this person's trying to write a book this person's doing that and yeah um because you would have to be have some sort of ulterior motive almost to, to right? not like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the process is behind getting yourself taken off a jury once you're on it. Yeah. But man, I feel like after like, after like two months, I'd be like, I got, I got, I, I can't, I can't, I gotta get out of here. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't care if I go I to do jail. what that one lady did. Which just freaks out and runs. Yeah. The <laughs> That'd be me. Yeah. Is it, I mean, is it illegal to do that? I don't know. Can you be held in contempt of court? Mm, I mean, that, that, that'd be the last thing you want is to end up back in court. Yeah, and I, I also think that was very interesting as far as, like, when the jury kind of revolts. <laughs> and um, also when uh, the tapes are being introduced and mm-hmm. uh, Judge Ito's wife is implicated, mm-hmm. which when we have the scene in the beginning of him of them talking, I was like, she's going to come back. And that part is not mentioned in the doc. No. And so I was like, she's going to come back. And I was waiting for her to come back somehow. And she did. Because that, that's one thing I didn't know going in is yeah. her, her sort of tangential involvement. So when you have that shot of her signing off the, mm-hmm. the little notice there at the beginning. Yeah. It's so weighted with like, importance. And I'm yeah. like, what is that? What is that? That's not good. Yeah. No, like something, something's going to go wrong here. Um, Which shows how, how effective the show is because it sets that up five, six hours before it comes back. God, yeah, even if, at even least. If, even if you didn't know, you know what it was, which we did. And going yeah. In, it still feels like this is going to be something. Yeah. So when it comes back up, you're like, oh, yeah. that's what that was. That's what that was. Because you see, payoff, you see her look at the list of names and you're like, oh, this is going to be a thing. <laughs> um, that moment and when the, when the jury is revolting and stuff, when there's this like threat of a mistrial and Chris being like, what if we just get a mistrial? And like thinking about having to do, like, I don't know that it would have been good for them. Because you have even more people that have been watching this case. Because, like, if you didn't know who O.J. Simpson was before yeah, this. Yeah, now, how are you going to find anyone who doesn't know who O.J. Simpson right? is? Right? You have to go try him in, like, 
I don't know, some other country. Also, like, you so feel the exhaustion of the characters at this point that the idea of doing another trial feels like... So terrible. Oh, although it, it might have been... It might have... I mean, you can see the advantage of it. Yeah. They could, like, you know, not do all the dumb shit they, they did, did the first yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, Johnny getting so mad that only, like, a couple of lines of the tapes were thing. Whereas, like, I actually, while I don't think that it was technically the right decision to introduce the tapes, I think only introducing the line that shows him committing perjury, basically, it was, like, the right call on the judge's part. I don't think the judge did as bad as they were making him out to have done, <laughs> basically. He was in a very tough position. <laughs> um, and interesting note, Judge Lanzito is the only person who has not written a book about this experience and has not, like, profited, from what I can tell, <laughs> off of this experience, which, as he's made out in the show as kind of, like, that's where it's going... Like, he's excited to take this case. It's going to be huge. It's going to be... But, like, he almost feels like he's excited to take it because of, like, legal precedent and not, like, because it's going to be... He seems like more of a... Just a kind of a goof yeah. in the show. Yeah, yeah. He didn't seem corrupt or anything. No. That is interesting. He's, like, the one who hasn't... Yeah, yeah. That's, prob- that's probably like they make good. They make a mention of it in the, like, post-credits. They're, when they're doing, like, the... This <laughs> oh, person yeah. did this. They're, like, they're like Ito's the only person who has not written a book about this experience. God, by the way, how great is that... Not just in this, that's very good in this, but in anything. Yeah, I love that. I mean, yeah, the, the the post, like, when the dramat- dramatization is over and you get to see, like, oh, that's what they really looked like. Yeah. That's what they did afterwards. Yeah. Always love it. Love that. It's it's great every time. Love that. What One more thing I really wanted to ask you about is sure. how you felt about, obviously, Robert is part of the show. But what did you feel about the the involvement of the Kardashians? In general. The The, the children. They're not that prominent, but I remember when they the show came out, people yeah. were some people were really put off by that. Well, the thing is, like, they're much more prominent in the first few episodes, and that is frustrating. <laughs> like, watching is like, why are, why are the children here? Because I don't think that you really understand what Robert like his like deterioration as a character and and, and his trust in OJ doesn't really come to view until like the children have faded out of view, and I think that could have been if you wanted to include that part which they obviously did it could have been more deftly done i think yeah i don't mind there's like one there's one scene later in um in the series like i think maybe episode six or seven when he goes to talk to chris yeah and the kids are there but they're not in the scene yeah and that feels like and he like kind of collapses and is like what have i done basically yeah i think the kids are there at the beginning to sort of introduce the the you know the theme of fame basically and what it yeah. means to people because mm-hmm. it's not really a thing that aside from oj you can't really explore that early on but you yeah. want to set that up mm-hmm. i think lots of the ones the thing people most uh didn't like was in episode two when the the kids are all watching you know it's like kim and chloe and all those little, little people they're watching the the press conference where uh robert is like reading oj's suicide note yeah and basically believes that he is dead at this point yeah or, you know he's on his way to thinking he's going to be dead mm-hmm. And they see it and they go, Dad's on TV, Kardashians, Kardashian. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, But it feels accurate. You know what? I actually, it also rubbed me the wrong way when I first saw it. I think it's good. Honestly, like it feels accurate to what we know of those people. It's not subtle. (laughs) No. But I've come to believe subtlety is is, is a a coward's uh, strategy in art. I think I, I, I would also say subtlety is not the Kardashian strong suit. No, the, the <laughs> thing you get from that, if you, you know, if you once you maybe you need to watch it a second time to get this because the first time it is kind of like, oh, this is really, this feels wrong. But I think it just feels kind of wrong because it is so, 
it really encapsulates what those people are because yeah. it's ghoulish because this, this is very dramatic like somber scene playing out and they're just happy that they're you know dad's on tv yeah but those people their fame sorry it is ghoulish yeah their whole existence not their existence as people they're yeah. they, they're allowed to live but their whole presence in our society is not the cause of anything bad yeah. but it exemplifies some pretty nasty stuff about well, that, what, what we value yeah and it also like this the show is kind of saying that this sort of oj drama drama the drama that played out on television is sort of the you know what's the word i'm looking for a catalyst for um like the sort of reality tv thing yeah and i think that's a fair point to draw yeah and i think including the kardashians is i mean this is where they sort of got their start it's kind of grim to say but this is i mean this is an important part of their lives and i think it's if in a show that's about the media mm-hmm. and how it's kind of changed partially because of uh, because of not maybe not just because of this event but the way this sort of exemplified those things that were happening i think it's good that they're in there i think the fact that they're seen as very like on the nose is good yeah i don't i it didn't like when I was first watching, it bothered me a little bit, but I don't think I realized how important Robert Kardashian yeah. was going to be to the 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 narrative that the right. story was telling. Once you realize that Rob's actually like a main character and yeah. very important to yeah. what they're doing, whereas you kind of think at first he's just being shoved in there to be like the Kardashians. Yeah, yeah. And so if if yeah, on first glance it kind of feels like they're just sort of like, oh, you guys know the Kardashians, yeah. right? Audience, wink, wink. But yeah. it's, it's actually part of the show's yeah, it's, thesis. It's, it's it's um it it works. And I think that's why it didn't bother me the second time through because I yeah. knew what was going on. Yeah, I think once I realized that oh, this is the like that Rob Kardashian is kind of the like audience surrogate character or like you know a, a, a he's, he's a, kind of the moral center in a way. It's weird of the show. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Um, so it's uh, because even he like it. It's it's interesting that he has this sort of morality that like. You can tell he feels like maybe OJ did something wrong, but he also has a morality that doesn't want to abandon his friend Mm -hmm. who was there for him the way that, like, everyone around him already has. Uh, The scene, actually, with uh, AC and Rob. Oh, where they, like... Where, like, after after Shapiro messes with the head. Yeah, when they're, like, opening the bag, like, I was like, this this is a weird pairing of actors, but I'm enjoying it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's good. It's very good. It's good. It's honestly David Schwimmer is good. I think David Schwimmer was nominated for an Emmy for this, and he deserved it. If you want to, if you want to <laughs> see something just on acting alone that is amazing and just a full a fool's what I was gonna say a fool's riches. That's not a real thing. A king's ransom there in you go. acting talent. Yes. Watch this. I mean, everyone everyone's already seen this. Yeah. Except well, you hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it. But now you have. Yeah, you should go see that. You should see it. <laughs> go see if you it. want more good acting talent, go see Knives Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, knives out in theaters now. It's good. It's good. Uh, it's good. I don't. Yeah. It's I was just thinking about like stacked casts. That's also a very stacked cast. Yeah. <laughs> this series, mini series, limited <laughs> series, was or movie or movie was great. Special thanks to Danny Abound of the Weeping Willards for use of their song "Outside in the Rain" from their self-titled album, available now on Bandcamp. And special thanks to Carly Sussman, who designed our logo. You can find her work at carly-rose.com. If you like the show, tell a friend. Subscribe. Rate, review. Do all that stuff. Yeah. Listen to The Misery Loves Company, Morgan's podcast. 
Morgan's podcast. It's good. It's funny. I'm on it. And yeah, other than that, as we always say, America. Go, go to, to therapy. This concludes our broadcast day. <laughs> they wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. Only I can mention me.